Welcome to Where We Land, a podcast that explores the relationship between Christ's culture and the church. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. My name is Aaron, and I'm joined here in the Where We Land studio with my co-host, Laura. Hey, everyone. And Stephen. Hello. And you're joining us today for a conversation about friendships that last. So we hope you'll stay with us for the full discussion ahead. You're joining us here in the studio today, and we're just taking a little bit of time reminiscing about our childhood, and we've discovered that Stephen and I's childhood were very similar, and Laura's childhood was far different than ours. Yes, yes, we have. We are not cultured quite like you are, and uh, <laughs> not even close. Meaning we watched Pixar movies we, growing our, up. <laughs> our, uh, our friendship song was, uh, You Got a Friend in Me, you know? Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. That was, no. that Laura's was, was not, You Have Laura, a Friend in Me. You've no, got a friend in me. <laughs> Hers was more I'm, of a uh, country yeah. uh, vibe. You got some friends Speaking in low of places. country, you love country music. Well, well here, here's the thing, <laughs> podcast world. Let us in to <laughs> no, this No, what delight. they need to know is that you don't know who George Strait is. Yeah, that's true. I No clue. King of country. No clue. I knew that. And I watched Pixar. I need to go. I, but I do know his music. I do know his music. Yeah, I, I just started don't know listing off songs to him. And he was like, no, no, I know oh, what yeah, that is. That. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So no, I wouldn't like. I recovered a little and, bit. But is that like a go-to for you? Is that like. You know, country music is what I listen to in the summer. Oh, is it? Yeah. So you have like seasonal music? Yeah, I do, actually. So I what's, feel like the, what's music this season, season right now? What's the winter season? Spring. Spring season. I guess we're in spring, aren't we? Mm. We're recording this in yeah, the first spring. of April. So spring. But this isn't going to come out until almost May. Oh man, uh, what is spring music? So what's your springtime music? Kind of more of like a Jamaican vibe? Like an island? Like Literally not ever. Time? Okay, That's never mind. Never. Never mind. <laughs> I was going, I mean, I was trying that out. A little island music? I don't know. This, uh, like, more like easy listening music, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. campfire music? It's like, kind of like an like, acoustic set. I feel like y'all are just really defining music weird. <laughs> like this is this is a strange conversation. No, my my podcast, like not my podcast, my uh, my Spotify is all based off of like you know not genre, but like you know it's the the playlist tunes. So I have like my campfire tunes, and oh, I got like okay. my Christian okay. tunes. And I got you. Can you yeah. have campfire Christian tunes? Probably. I just. That's I say. That. There's easy listening like Christian music too. Right. So yeah. Well, that could be for another day, another conversation for another day. That is definitely another day. <laughs> but today we're talking about friendship and uh, wow, we're talking about friendships that last. And I think I'm really excited about this because it seems to me that friendship is probably, I would think, out of all the relationships within a church setting, friendship is probably the most important and yet it is probably the least talked about relationship within the church. Do you guys agree with that? And if so, why? Okay. The way you just said it now makes more, before we recorded, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I'm just simply reading my question. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, I, I think you read the question differently beforehand. Okay. You're saying it all. I think. You're right. I'm like that nobody ever talks about friendship. That's right. how I no, feel. I don't That's think they do either. I mean, I agree with that point too. But you just said in context in the church of the different relationships that are talked about yeah, or whatever. Right. You mean like marriage, parents, Dude, Marriage kids, is always talked about. Kids are talked church. about. Discipling relationships okay. are talked yeah, about. Okay. Mentorship relationships are talked about. I would agree with you I on agree that. with that. Do we ever talk about friendship? When was the last time you heard a sermon on friendship? Never. Uh, I did one in youth group two weeks ago. 
You did when? <laughs> but also, that's, is it because I? No, 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 no. It was no, okay. it was two weeks ago, and um, I did I did a lesson on friendship because I believe I believe what you're saying. I would share a similar viewpoint that it is not talked about near enough, and then we have friends that tear us down and lead us into things and then we're like oh man i didn't know and it's like okay well if that's a problem we should probably talk about good friends and how to have lasting friendships and healthy friendships right Mm. so i would agree with you on that and it's sad too because like even in like marriage i believe like the foundation of a healthy marriage is a lasting friendship friendship. and so like if, if we don't talk about friendships then how do we expect to have healthy marriages to me that's the bedrock of relationships is a friendship like if you don't have a friendship and a discipleship relationship if you don't have friendship and marriage like even within, you know, parenting and children, I mean, there's an aspect of friendship mm-hmm. and um, I, I mean, it looks different. Sure. But I just think it's one of the most important and yet it's the least talked about. And um, because I think our culture today has a very unhealthy uh, view of friendship. Amen. Would you agree with that? Yes. I'm so interested in this conversation. Are you really? I I'm really, really am. excited about it. This I, is something I've been have, really passionate about the last few months. I'm looking at their faces and they're like really excited about this. I'm yeah, going to be honest. I was not really excited about this conversation, but now, <laughs> so now I am are. because I feel like you have a lot of things to, to teach me. So I'm here for it. Mm, well, okay. I, I would just start off. Weird. I would just start out by saying that just, I believe Aaron's laughing. He can't even get control of himself. <laughs> I'm just so excited. He's so excited. I believe the current generation and like our generation down i believe friendship started to take are you saying our generation or laura's generation i'm talking about I'm, just kidding. So I'm talking about like the generation but right before the generation <laughs> no, no. no he's the not. generation right before us like my generation, okay. that would be a okay. millennial. The go. generation that follows us is what I'm trying to say. The generation okay. that is From like here now. On down. Yes. Okay. I believe that they have taken friendship into more of a uh, technological sense and a social sense. So like, just like as a youth pastor, I get to view mm-hmm. and analyze a lot of relationships <laughs> from a kind of just a bird's eye view. And seemingly they'll be like, oh yeah, that's my friend. And then they'll describe the relationship that they have. And I'm like, I don't think that that person is a friend to you. And if they are, they are definitely not a good friend to you, you know? Or they'll be like, oh, I have so many like friends on Instagram. Well, are they truly your friends? Or are they just people that want to check in on your life and snoop on you? Um, And sometimes they can be friends. But I think our view of friendship has become a very shallow and jaded social status, per se, to where... I'm a friend with you so I can get what I want to out of you or I'm a friend with you because it gives me um, it gives me a lot of hype on social media and it can up my profile and I want to have a friend for that versus I want a friend for the actual deep relationship value that I can give to them and then also that I can just share with them. Do you feel like teenagers even, are even aware that that's a possibility? No, because I think even in what you just said, there you are defining friendship. And I think if you were to ask this uh, an average person today, how many friends do you have? They would struggle to answer that because I think immediately we're trying to define a friend. What do we mean by friend? Are you talking about my best friends? Are you talking about my Facebook friends? Which did you Are you talking about like family friends? Are you talking about my church friends? Did you know that the the in current generation right now, you can have like an an unending number of best friends. Like growing up in our generation, like I don't know about you, but for me, I had one, maybe two people that I would refer to as like 
that person is my best friend. Now I'd say maybe they're one of my best friends, but as far as like the best friend title nowadays, it's like, oh yeah, everybody's my best friend. Like that's my best friend. That's my best friend. I, I didn't know that. I found that out the other day. It's kind of weird. It's like there's an unending number of best friends. Laura, how would you how would you describe it? Like so when you think about like our culture and how our culture describes friendship. So I'm describing what our culture thinks, not mm-hmm. what I think of yeah. friendship. What does our yeah, what does our <laughs> culture think about friendship? Well, clearly I'm unaware because I had no idea about anything Stephen just said. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's a different see, generation. It is. I am old, apparently. <laughs> but I was just I don't know. I really don't know, guys. Because you? you're for you, me. Then. Yeah. Um, when I think of a real friend, it's the person who, who you can call, no matter what. It could be like the person you're calling when you're running into the hospital, like I'm, you know, something's going on, or the person that you call because you are just so sad and broken about something. But I also think of um, the person that that will sit with you in the mm. middle of your sadness. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think of people that are there for you, like physically there for you or available to you mm. at all times and um, love you no matter what mood you're in, even if they get mad at you. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think about Proverbs 17, it says a friend loves at all time and a brother's born out of adversity, mm-hmm. right? That friendship is born out of those. See, Aaron asked seasons. me what I think about friendship and then he's just using the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, how does the Bible define friendship? But well, I, th- I mean, I have an answer for that. Go I do, ahead. I do, I do. Landed. I like it. Uh, I like the story of David and Jonathan's friendship in mm-hmm. the Old Testament because they go through some really difficult times together. And Jonathan, I think, is the one who is even the better example of a friend in, in that relationship. Um, Jonathan just lays aside everything for his friend. Mm. And he loves him to the very end. And he is always faithful, always reliable, no matter what. And here's the thing, guys. I don't know what Jonathan was like, but David had a lot of feelings. I feel like he would have been a lot to have as a friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> read the book of Psalms. He would have. He's You're for, right. I never thought about that at that way. He would be so much, guys. <laughs> he yeah. would be. He would have a lot of feelings about everything. And you know what? Maybe Jonathan was like that. And that's why they were BFFs. I don't, know, but but I don't get that. I don't get that vibe from Jonathan. When I read the story of Jonathan, no, I get I like don't. this chill dude who's just like. Okay, this is man, what let, we're going to do. Let's take this down and let's do it. You See? Know? Yeah. Anyway, there's my take. So if you want to read more about, you know, King Where David. Is that which, which chapter is that First in? First Samuel 18. First Samuel 18. Mm-hmm. I think if we all think about our life for a second and think about some of our greatest joys, probably we're with friends, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the greatest experiences, the Hands deepest down. joys that we've experienced in life are um, probably surrounded with friends. And then also, maybe if we're honest, we can think about maybe some of the most painful experiences in our life have been at the result of friendship as well. Um, Hands down. Which, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where we think about, okay, so our culture has such a loose definition of what constitutes a friend. I think the Bible would definitely paint a picture of a friend that is um, like Proverbs 17, a friend loves at all times. Proverbs eighteen twenty four. One who has un, uh, unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than their brother. So when you look at, even in just in the book of Proverbs alone, as Proverbs talk about friendship, you come away with this feeling that uh, a good friend is hard to find, like building a type of friendship that lasts is challenging. And so I, I guess that's like one of my questions is like, when you think about your life, do you think it's easy to build lasting friendships? No, it takes work. It takes a lot of work, I think, too. And I think, too, um, how you have grown up um, 
sometimes you have to think through how you've seen it modeled for you, you know, cause some people have had friendship modeled poorly. You know, I think of people who've grown up in like, uh, broken homes or maybe, um, the foster child, you know, who's grown up in a, in a being passed around from family to family and you've had friendship maybe modeled wrongly to you. So you instantly are just like, man, I don't know. I like friends. Friend, there, there is no friend for me, you know? And so like, I think friendship does take a lot of work to build a lasting friend because you have to be open and vulnerable and you have to give to something that you don't always know if you're going to receive back the amount that you put in, you know, and, and it's not about that. Right. Cause that's what a true friend is, is someone who's not looking for that. And so it does take a lot of work. I believe. Laura, what would you add to that? You think it's challenging to build that type of friendship? Notice I didn't say like make it because I feel mm-hmm. like all the introverts on the podcast are like, Oh, that's really hard to make a friendship. <laughs> but I think it's not like, it's not to make friends. It's to, you know, build that friendship. Yeah. I mean, I do think it takes a lot of time. And that's not something that our culture is really good at, investing in something long-term. We have a really short attention span. So it's something you have to be committed to over the long haul. And But you also have to be a good friend in order to have a good friend. Mm. So a lot of people, including myself, have sat around before and been like, well, I don't have as many friends as so-and-so. Or, you know, th- you, you, I don't know why. I, I don't, but... But really, in order to have friends, you have to be friendly. Doesn't the Bible say that? Yeah, <laughs> literally says that. Literally says it. Yeah, so but so when we think about having a friendship that would last over the long haul, what are some factors that make it challenging to cultivate that type of long-lasting friendship? Well, I think a practical one, just right up front, would be um, distance and life life change. Right? Mm, yeah, people so move. It happens, man. Yeah, you know, move. I think of like the friends that I had in high school. I would, I would classify like probably two people like that were my age, at least two people that were my age that I was in high school with. Uh, I'd probably still classify two of those as like friends. Others maybe have met through them or met around that, but I really only have two people in my life that would be like, yeah, that's a friend of mine, you know, from that time period. And I think that's even a lot compared to some people. I think some people, they don't have any friends from high school, you know? And why is that? Well, you moved away. You met new people. You you changed some of your values. So for a lot of people, they might have been a they might have not known the Lord in high school, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're a completely new person and their life's just not gonna <laughs> their lifestyle's just not gonna vibe with so and so. So my values are different. And I think that that goes back to defining friendship. <laughs> friendship many times is many times is built around uh, shared values. Yeah. Um, so, um, it's not always, but many times it is built around shared values. I think the strongest relationships in my life are built around shared values, Hmm. which is good because I think mobility and people changing positions, jobs, moving away, that certainly affects a a relationship, a friendship over the long haul. How else, what what are some other things? While you guys think about it, I, I, I would say one would be. Um, just this aspect of busyness that That's we feel like so busy mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like to your point, lasting genuine friendships take work, they take mm-hmm. time. And so like to actually devote ourselves to that level, to that type of friendship, I think can be hard. Um, I think sometimes even like good things in life, like, uh, just being consumed with life responsibilities and family or, you know, like right now, Jessica and I are in that phase of like young family. And it's like, man, I've realized like my time over the last year and a half, 
now with uh, Ashlyn is like so like my whole concept of time is different. You probably can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Having a couple kids like, like did you find that for you? You mean like your time is more limited? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. My kids are older now, so that it doesn't stay that way. Um, Thank the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't stay that way. So you have something to look forward to. But, you know, um, yeah, the season, a season of life definitely would affect how much time you have to put into friendships. And there's one other thing that I think that comes out in all of this, and that is um, because our culture has such a shallow understanding of genuine friendship that and I, I, I shouldn't broad brush everything. I guess, um, let me say this. I think we've been deceived into thinking that because we have a lot of friends on social media, that we actually have a lot of true friendships. Do you think people really think that? Dude, I, I think fully that. Believe it. Fully I fully think believe that. that. Let me give you really? one that's not social media. Let me give you an example okay, that's not give, social tell media. Tell me, tell me. And I think maybe you could think that you've seen this. I think I see from my perspective as a pastor, what often like I see happening in the church is people come into the church and they're so welcomed in, they're brought in, they're loved on, they're just made to feel a part of the body of Christ as we ought to, right? right? Good things. But if you're not careful, I think sometimes people, just because they're there and they're present in a class or they're present in a worship service that they were welcomed in by people, that sometimes we can have this false sense of thinking that we actually have friends like that, that we're in this group that's so welcoming and inviting and, and connecting and we feel connected, but in actual fact, like, um, you, you, you're, you're absent for, let's say, you know, a few weeks or a couple months and you're like, well, no one reached out to me. And I always feel like sometimes that's more a result of, of the person than it is of the church. It's like, well, did your friends reach out to you? You know, did your relationships reach out? I guess that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we have this, like, we just have this uh, impression that because we're a part of a big group that we like have. Like they've had a good social experience. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah, they're, and like, they're mistaking have, a social experience. For true for, friendship. Okay. Which is what for social media friendship. is, is a social experience. Yeah. That's why we're making the correlation mm-hmm. there. Um, it's interesting that you bring Would you all agree the, with that or not? I want to hear what your thoughts on that. Would I? Like, like do you, would I mean, you that see seemed, that? Yeah, that seems plausible to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up, though, because um, you're correct. Like, we've been deceived into that. But, like, literal scientific studies have been done. I think of one, like, that was by Dunbar, and they found that, like, 150 is the maximum is. number of it social is. relationships that a human can average. Are you and saying to, be, maintain, to maintain them maintain stable it. and to keep it stable? But you said is what they social say. relationship. Do you mean, like, a friendship would, or like well they define it as a as a social like relationship acquaintance. and then they say dunbar says now i don't know about this i don't know if i would agree with this completely but dunbar would say that um you actually only have a the ability outside of family to maintain five close friendships i think they i say. agree with that no i totally agree i think with that. i actually, do that's an incredible study you go look up i some think of i that. do i just read a book here not too long ago i may have talked about it on the podcast it's called um but uh, at your best by Kerry Newhoff. Hmm. I think I referred to it. Yeah. He has a whole chapter in that book that's based off of the Dunbar study. And he's talking about like friendships that we maintain. And, and when I read that and I heard those numbers, mm-hmm. I was like floored because I was like, man, we live in a culture that says we can have so many more than that. Like mm-hmm. we can have so many more deeper friendships, you know, uh, relationships. And it's like, well, actually you think about how we're wired as people, we have a certain capacity 
And that's why like when life happens or you're like, have you ever looked at your life and like your friends like shift over mm-hmm. periods of time? It's yep. like you yep. can't maintain. I'm literally uh, sitting here counting. Isn't that great? Are you really? Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> like I would say that, that yeah. I have four okay. really close friends by how I described what I think friendship is. Sure. And another one that I am intentionally trying to build wow. into yeah. a, so that would be the fifth. Yeah. I, I, I think that's fascinating. But so I think we just have to recognize like, hey, there are some challenges that can erode genuine friendship and to be aware of that. And um, and then if, but knowing that helps us cultivate it, because I think I think um, let, let me kind of shift gears a little bit here and let's start thinking about relationships that we have built, like friendships we have made and we're building those ref- friendships. What type of attitudes or behaviors or assumptions can easily erode that friendship? Well, like I think there are yeah. things that can easily unravel easily. friendship easily. I think of two just instantly right off the cuff when you said that. I think in um, an attitude of uh, I would call it an attitude of passivity. But what I mean by that is you're not willing to be straightforward and forthright with your friend about where you align and where you what you see in their life and i think over time that can erode a friendship because you're just tiptoeing around Mm -hmm. each other and you're actually not building a deep relationship secondly i think um the a, a thing that can erode over time is this idea of um it's not it's not the passivity but it's it's an idea of like I don't know how to word it. Um, I'm struggling right now, man. I'm struggling. Give us your um, words. I'm struggling. Um, it's just like the idea that like, I don't even know how to word it. I don't even know how to word it. Somebody else going, I'll you come back around us, to Vivian. it. No, you, we got to get this. Give us one and I'll come back around to it. What are the types of behaviors or, to or thoughts oh, or attitudes that can easily unravel a friendship? Like it can uh, erode it. I think a lack of trust for one another. Man, that's the first thing I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ecclesiastes says, how can two walk together unless they agree? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I think there's that, not that you're agreeing on everything, but I think there's this there's this element of a deep trust and that companionship and being able to say, "Hey, we're we're, you know, we're we're willing to step over any offenses together. We're willing to um, I mean, look, I, I thought yeah. about this, like f- uh, forgiveness. There's no enduring relationships without forgiveness. That's true. Like not at all. Like mm-hmm. there's no enduring marriages without forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there's no enduring friendships without forgiveness. Yeah. Cause we're all broken people, sinful people. We've been sinned against and have sinned against others. And I think if there's not a, um, a, a willingness on both of those parties and the friendship to say, I'm willing to forgive and move past this. Don't you usually talk about Aaron? I've heard you say this so many times. So this has to be a pet peeve of yours. But wow. the idea of um, people's response to being hurt in friendship is you're dead to me. You say that a lot. Like our I cultural think that's just, response I just see is that just, all the time in the church. Like okay, in the in culture. The, yeah. Okay. Specifically. And that was my second one. A lack of Was not knowing how to yeah. disagree. Okay. That was my second yeah. thing that I that I was t- tr- struggling to get the words out. Was And it goes back to what you're saying. Say it again because I didn't hear um, it. Not knowing how to disagree. Oh, yeah. And it goes back to what you're saying of with that yeah. is just like you disagree on something and it's like, well, we just have to part ways. Well, no, you don't have to part ways. You need to figure out, can you walk through it together? And if you can't, and it is such a strong thing, well, maybe maybe your friendship will lessen over time. But you ought to try and walk through the disagreement together well long before you ever are like, man... We're just done as friends, okay? Like there are some things in life that you're going to disagree with people that you just can't continue as closely as you might 
have been able I to. I just think that's the cultural thing where we're just but like, oh, we disagree, so I'll unfriend you, yeah. I'll unfollow you, I'll just mm -hmm. disconnect from you. Without ever like, even trying. It's like, well, wait a minute, a brother is born for adversity. And mm -hmm. so when mm -hmm. I look at my life, my most deepest meaningful friendships were, see, were, were friendships that uh, were forged in moments of uh, adversity or moments mm -hmm. of... Um, challenge or or shared uh, experience shared experience mm -hmm. yeah there's something that there's a there's that affinity that draws you together but but it doesn't just happen that's what i'm trying to say friendship doesn't just happen and i think we're we don't take uh as much responsibility to build lasting friendships probably as the picture of proverbs would give us i think when i i would really just uh sparked me on all this was um a number of months ago i was just wanting to do a, a, an in-depth study on friendship and so i started just working through a, a number of different things and uh it just uh it was i was so ex you know so intrigued by it that i ended up teaching it in our life group and our life group went through a series on that and it's just one of those things that's like you know i don't know how well we do with being intentional about cultivating the right kind of friendship mm -hmm. right um so let me ask you this question because i think like the underpinning of a friendship uh really theologically comes from the conviction that um from the beginning uh mm -hmm. there was a community of three i mean literally god has created us and hardwired us and built us for a community uh, when god breathed into man uh, life he uh impressed within us this dna this need for community and I think the sad reality in that is when we think about, well, before that, when we think about like theologically that uh, the Godhead exists in this perfect community with God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit, um, one being three distinct persons. And when we mm -hmm. think about that, that as God created humanity, he put within us this need, this desire, this uh, relationship for deep community and deep friendship. And I think the thing that really just led me to want to say, Hey, I want to, I want to consider this. I want to study this some more is because I look out in our culture. I look out in church today and there are so many people struggling with loneliness. Mm -hmm. Like you look at some of the statistics on loneliness and it is just, it is just mind boggling. I actually literally our 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 society I think is struggling with loneliness more than at any other point. COVID increased um, it. It certainly sure. did. Hands get down. This, get this. It, an article was written a number of uh, years ago, not not too long ago, but it was the question was asked why are millennials so lonely? And it stated that loneliness is worse for your health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Well, isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. um, the survey found that a number of Americans with no close friends has tripled since 1985. And it appears that this decline is more prevalent among millennials. So, I mean, when you think about the younger generation, loneliness today in this, in this, in this culture that would appear that we have all these friends and connections and more connections than ever before. Um, I mean, it, it was so crazy that in Great Britain, they literally appointed a minister of loneliness. 
That's a real position. That's a real position. Like a government like a position. Government official, I'm serious. A government official position. That would be like a sad. My job is going minis- on in Britain. I'm the minister of loneliness. So I'm just saying, Couldn't like, could you have been like the minister of community? I'm sorry, <laughs> is it like minister of like, friendships is, or something. Relationship. That title. <laughs> they need to be fired. Something better, guys. <laughs> so my, the question is, why are so many people struggling with a real, genuine lack of friendship, and in turn, they're experiencing this loneliness? Is it because of what you guys were talking about, the false sense of? Community? Community. I and, think that's a big part of a, it, but I'm not willing to say that. that I don't know. Like, I'm wondering out loud. I, don't know if I would say that that's the only not cause, that I'm, but my, I think that I'm that's an expert a, on that. I would say that that's a contributing factor. A culture I mean, that. I think you look at the culture. Instant. We want instant everything. Do you think that's part of it? I think it is. I think I it don't, contributes. What? I think you look at a culture. I don't think it's one thing. Okay. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's one thing. I think you look at a culture who has maybe not had friendship modeled the greatest for them, and then. You also see like, I mean, our culture, it's its what you said, an instant, they seek instant satisfaction, instant pleasure. So we're going to go party. Okay. Well, partying is not going to build strong relationships generally. <laughs> That's just going to uh, give you instant pleasure, right? And you're probably going to make decisions that will in fact uh, keep you from building <laughs> um, strongly. You know what I'm saying? So like there's multiple things here at play. I don't think it's just like one thing that contributes to it, but I think many of these things that have been mentioned they all kind of come together. And then I think recently I do think a lot of the isolation that COVID enhanced already, um, it's just going to reap, it's it going to reap consequences it would in be the future interesting generations. To see the statistics mm-hmm. pre COVID post COVID on loneliness, because I think a lot of the things that I got here are like statistics that are, you know, already a few years old. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to wonder like, how did that accelerate or make it even more of an, like a tremendously acute problem? Um, do you think loneliness is contagious? Well, how could it be contagious if you're alone? Like the whole statement, like, you know, misery loves company. <laughs> Steve. Right? <laughs> okay, misery <laughs> is... <laughs> Thanks, Laura. Um, <laughs> if you're lonely, now, how can I, it be contagious? I see what you're saying, though. But yeah, if misery loves company, that yeah. kind of a thing. Well, yeah. I, mean, I see what you're true. saying. I see what you're saying. Maybe that lonely people would hang out together, but then their loneliness would pervade into other people's lives to where they never are truly able to build the deep friendships with each other that they could have. Like a they, toxic so what's cycle. Keeping, that's, that's the thing. Hmm. What's keeping people from building those type of real relationships? You know, like that's. I think sometimes it's the, what we were saying earlier, yeah, maybe I a deception and a false understanding of friendship. And then I, I do think too, I mean, I, I believe that what we just said a minute ago, what you said, Laura, the culture of instant I believe some people are unwilling to put in the work that is required for a lasting friendship. And um, I'm not saying that's, that's across the board and I'm not blanket statementing anyone or any generation. I'm just saying I, I've seen in people's lives that I know where it's like you could do these just few practical things and you might not like gain like <laughs> 10 or 15 great close friends, but you probably could gain at least one or two people into your life. If you would just take a few practical steps of reaching out to people, putting yourself out in situations where you can meet, you know what I'm saying? And that takes work. That takes effort. It's uncomfortable and you have to be vulnerable. And those are things that just as humans, we don't like. (laughs) Right. And so I think sometimes that contributes as well. So let's ask this question here, because I think the, the, I mean, the, there's reasons for all of these things, but I think really, you know, for us that are here today and people listening, it's like, well, wait a minute, how can I, how can I develop healthy relationships? How can I develop like genuine friendship? 
And I guess like what I'm looking for here is like um, thinking about our own life and our own experiences, like within like the close friends that you described, Laura or Steven or myself, like what, what were some of those things that you did that helped build that relationship to be more robust, more healthy, to be stronger? Well, I'm thinking through my friends. <laughs> yeah, just being practical. Um, a, a lot of it is shared experience. Does, does it just happen? That's my question. No, like, it does, does not. it no. just happen? It does not. I mean, it doesn't just happen. You have to be willing right. to be honest with people. You have to be willing to be yourself. You have to be willing to allow them to speak into your life when yourself is not a good person. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just... I don't know if that's what you're looking for. No, no, but you brought up some things there. So it's honesty. Yeah. What else did you say? Openness. Being yourself and yeah. being willing to let them speak into your life when yourself is not at its best. You know, we, we can't always be perfect all the time and we have to be willing to receive criticism from people. I think that that's missing from friendship. Like, I think it's, I think criticism's the different in a friendship. It would be like constructive yeah. um, speaking mm -hmm. into your life. Yeah. 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 I think there's a difference between someone. Criticism's just, negative, yeah, I guess. Right. But yeah, somebody speaking honestly into your life, being willing to receive it's that more of without an being offended. To me, I think. Yeah, or exhortation. Yeah. Yeah. An admonishment in that. Um, I think also <laughs> building friendship is. I don't know if this. You guys might have to make help me work, work through this out loud, but like, the idea of looking. If you want to build friendship, you're looking around and you see what communities you're already involved in. And like, there's already people around mm -hmm. you that can offer a certain level of capacity towards you. Um, and so you can begin, I don't know. I, I feel like some people get caught up in the idea of like, I don't have any friends and I'm super lonely and I'm not sure mm -hmm. how to build it. And then mm -hmm. they kind of freeze. But really, if you were to look around, like say you do go to a church, um, why don't you join a small group? Put yourself in a place where you can get to know people. Put yourself in community. Yeah, put yourself in community. Yeah. Also, you might not like that first small group, so don't right. give up. Try another one. You know, right. like that's just a practical thing. And then when you're in that small group, maybe you don't have a best friend. It it takes you a long time to build. The, keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Mm -hmm. Being yourself and seeing maybe you hit it off with one particular person. We'll text that person once a week and and, yeah. and try to like be involved in their life. Like this is not rocket science. We just need to put ourselves in community. Our culture is based off of need. Like yeah. I'm going to have friends that are going to get me somewhere, exactly. help me, right. benefit me. And it's like, well, what, wait, what if you flip the script and, and we're you simply out and you were a reaching friend to out them. to the people you want to be? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's, that's yeah. the whole point of Proverbs, right? Right. Like, yeah, step outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> we live in this false bubble of like friends have to come to me and mm -hmm. meet me on my terms. I'm sorry about it, but that's not how it works. Like sometimes you have to meet people on their terms and friendship is a mutual understanding that we are not always going to meet each other on my terms or your terms. Mm -hmm. We're going to come together on shared interest, right? Shared terms. Yeah. And so I think sometimes people head behind this veil like, oh, I could never invite so-and-so out to lunch. How do you but expect you know them you to said? build a relationship right. with them if you don't spend personal time? You know what I'm saying? But you hit something there that I think is so helpful. And it makes me think of something that Kerry Newhoff said in his book. Uh, he just made the point. He said, like, you know, good, genuine relationships, friendships are mutual. Mm -hmm. They're mutual. That what makes a friendship a friendship. That's what makes a best friend a best friend. It's because you're adding value into their life and they're adding value into your life. It's a reciprocal feeling. It's not like you hang around your best friends and you feel drained. 
That's that's what we're going to talk about later, that which is, what is we're a talk about toxic later. friend. We're going to the next episode. But, but genuine friendship is something that's edifying. It's mm-hmm. building you up. It's not that they don't have truth or are or, or willing to share, like you were saying, bring right. out points uh, to help you. But ultimately, it's for your good and it's for the good of the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's for the good of the relationship. And so I just think his whole point there was just like, I remember when I was reading that and I was like, whoa, that's so different it frames it so different because um a lot of times someone's trying to keep up a friendship or a relationship that's not healthy that's not know, mutual that's not mutual mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways you're you're creating more harm than you are doing help and so and that's um, why people feel so burnt out sometimes in relationships is they're trying yeah. to they're trying to keep all the friendship plates spinning so to speak and they're like oh, I, I can just keep everything working together everything will be fine and it's like you're putting in like so much effort like True friendships, yes, they require a lot of work, but it's not work that just drains you and leaves you like burn out all the time. If mm-hmm. you have a true friendship, yes, you're going to work your tail off in some instances, but also if it's a true friendship, they're going to be working off their tail sometimes it's to mutual. administer to you it's and mutual. you're going to get filled up just as much as you work. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the whole point of friendship is that um, our friendships in this life are enhanced when God's first in our life. Um, There's a quote by C.S. Lewis, and I think it's so good what he says here. He says, when I have learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. In so far as I learn to love my earthly dearest at the expense of God and instead of God, I shall now be moving towards the state in which I shall not love my earthly dearest at all. When first things are put first, second things are not suppressed, but increased. Mm. And I think his whole point in friendship is like, hey, when God is first in our life, then our friendships are increased. Our friendships are, um, they are, it's like the whole thing that James is saying, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace, cultivate peace. And um, I, I love what he says there. He says, insofar as I've learned to love my earthly dearest at the expense of God and it's and instead of God, I shall be moving towards the state in which I shall not love my earthly dearest at all. And he's and, he, and I think he's just bringing out this real point that like ultimately a healthy friendship, and this is what Proverbs would argue, uh, a healthy friendship is one that is um, mutual, one that is um, both uh, giving and serving and loving the other and enduring those moments of adversity. And, uh, but you can only do that well when God's reigning in your heart. Like when, uh, when you're really seeking God's best for them, then you can only really be a good friend at all. I mean, what do you guys think of that? What are you saying by that quote? I think it goes back to like what I, what we were referencing earlier when we were talking about like shared values. And I mean, like as a Christian, my deepest value is <laughs> my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that's the foundation. I think he is the, I think, I think God and specifically Jesus and how he came to this earth is the, is the best model of a friend anywhere that we've had in human history. And so, um, I think you can be a, f- a good friend and not be a Christian, but I think to, to follow the best model of friendship is to follow after Jesus. And I think it enhanced, I think it's, I love the word that you used. It is enhanced, uh, by God. Cause we're, it's not to say that you can never have a good friendship with someone who's not a believer. Uh, but 
um, there is a shared value of salvation and uh, faith in Jesus Christ that just enhances a friendship. I do believe that. Laura, what do you have to add to that? What do you think of Lewis's quote and all that? I was actually just sitting here thinking about what Stephen said about Jesus being the ultimate example of friendship and then the idea of Christians being a friend of God because we do see a couple people in scripture or at least one that is mentioned as the friend of God. And that's that it blows my mind to think of the fact that to have a friendship, you have it has to be mutual. And then I was sitting there thinking, what do I have to offer to God as a friend? Like, how can how can that be mutual? Like, I feel like I've totally got that. My, my mind just went that way. Yeah, but, but, but who was that about? That was about Abram. A- yeah. And what was significant about Abram that was referred to being a friend of God because of his what? Faith. faith. His faith. Yeah. That he, That's what he had to offer. Yeah. Was he believed he what believed God, God said. Yeah. And he yeah. was willing to, to stake his life on it. So mm-hmm. that's trust. Yeah. Like, if you're thinking, if you walk that out, that's trust. Um, I mean, if you look at it, we, we don't really have a whole lot to offer yeah, God other than our worship, trust, one. and faith. Yeah. There's a couple places where you see us being a friend of God in scripture. Well, one is Abram, uh-huh. but then you find in the gospels, which I think is probably more true. And that is where Jesus is a friend of sinners. Mm. <laughs> I'm in that boat. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so, you know, it's one of those things where it's realizing that like, that's um, what, what, you know, you look to Jesus in our friendship and we say, well, look at what he endured look at like the whole point of the book of Hebrews, like he endured such hostility against himself. Like he endured all of those things and he did it for us. Like he did it for giving himself uh, as a sacrifice so that you and I could be called a friend of God. Like when you think about his commitment, like that's where the whole point of Proverbs is, right? Like there's a, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. It's, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I think it's when we, we frame our friendships in light of, Jesus, we begin to say, um, look at how far Jesus was willing to go for you and I that were enemies of God. And even as an enemy of God, he would call us friends. I mean, he would pursue us and love us. And like, to me, that just takes my friendships, you know, to a whole nother level. It's like, um, look at, look at my commitment to my friends. Look at my, um, investment, my involvement, my concern for them. Um, is it matched in that capacity that I'm looking to Jesus to, to be that type of, you know, mm. what do you think? I mean, is that what you're thinking? You're still I, thinking, I look at my, like, you're still like contemplating all this. I guess I, I really did get sidetracked on being a friend of God. And I think that if you, but, but really doesn't that overflow? Like if you are a friend of God, you are going to be a better friend to other people. Totally. Um, yeah. but he was a friend of sinners. It's funny because in my relationship with God, I always think of him as being my friend, but I don't know that I think of myself as being his friend. Hmm. Do you? Do no, you I think, think of I yourself do. as being God's friend? No, I think that's a, I mean, it's a cool thing to say. But, it's a cool thing to say, but is but it? Is it true? Am I actually it, following through on my, my right. end of the bargain? <laughs> but, so right. let, me, let, me, let me tell you, let, let, me, let me throw a little bit more light on this that maybe we haven't thought about. And that is what Jesus says in John. Remember, as he commissions his disciples, mm-hmm. he says, no longer I call you servants, but I right. call you what? Friends. Friends. Why could he say that? To them. Yeah. Why was Jesus saying it? Like, why did he take the, the relationship up to that point? That was master rabbi servant, teacher. Rabbi teacher. Yeah. And now he takes it up another level to the level of friendship. Well, okay, what's he was what's just going a, on in that scenario? What, what's well, going he, on? It's right before um, he goes to the cross. It's the okay. upper room yeah. discourse okay. as they're walking right. Right. Um, between, I believe, the upper room and the garden. And they're just okay. about to come into the garden, I think. Right. Um, 
I, I believe that's in reference to him about to give his life for them because literally it talks about like, yeah, <laughs> what's the greatest thing a friend can do is to, to lay, lay down, down his, his life. life for his uh, friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that he is about to like, he's trying to share with them the importance of what he's about to do and how he is thinking of them in that moment. Um, because what, what he's about to do is about to change the course of history and literally the course of humankind's relationship to God. Like, yes, you could follow God and have a relationship with God, but now there's a personal indwelling of the Holy spirit that is about to take place because yeah, no, totally. Cause it's right in that section in John 15 and uh, Jesus says in verse 14, um, he says, uh, Oh, after he talks about, uh, you're no longer my service, but your friends, he says in verse 14, you are my friends. If you do what I've commanded you, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all that I have heard from my father. I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I pointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in the name of the father, he may give it to you. So I think Jesus, as he's inviting his disciples now, not that they didn't have friendship up until that point, but to like literally call it friendship is this aspect that Jesus is trusting these men. Like there's an aspect of trust in that, that um, because what are they about to do? Jesus is about to go give himself as a sacrifice for sin, be raised from the dead. And now the disciples are going to be commissioned into all that Jesus is saying. And he's it saying, It took hey, them a minute to reciprocate that trust. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but like, hot yeah, minute. But, <laughs> hot minute. Can you imagine that? Like, but he's you know, literally saying, I trust you yeah, with this mission. With what the Father has given has to given me. Him, yeah. I'm trusting you. And then yeah. he goes and he lays down his life for them. Um, you know, and ultimately, almost all of them laid down their life for him. Mm. They were all willing. John was willing. He's right. the only one that we know of that wasn't wow, martyred, right? About that late, they too, all yeah. they all reciprocated yep. to at least be willing to lay down their lives for him. And that's a picture of friendship. Like mm. that's the that's the greatest picture of friendship. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I mean, I, I think it's I mean, a great it's, place it's to wrap profound. it up here, guys. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna kind of put, push pause here on this episode because we're gonna come back here next time in two weeks, uh, talking about toxic friendship. And so I think we, we want to kind of compare and contrast what we described here on the podcast today about what does it look like uh, to build lasting friendships. And then on the next episode, we're going to take some time to talk about uh, toxic friendships. So uh, before we sign off here, we do want to let you know that there's a landing guide. If you've not checked this out, we'd really hope that you would look at it. I think it would be a real help to you. As we've talked about friendships that last, now we'd encourage you to go to our website to whereweland.org, download the landing guide, and there we'll have some helpful resources, some scriptures, and some pointed discussion questions to help you better understand where you land here on the topic of friendship. Well, hey, listen, uh, we've said this a lot, but we would love for you to help us get where we land out uh, to more people. And let me tell you a couple ways that you can do that. One is if there's a podcast episode that has really meant a lot to you, would you help us by simply sharing that, forwarding, texting it on to somebody that you know and tell them how much it benefited you and uh, that you would encourage them to listen to it? Then secondly, uh, we would really encourage you to uh, jump over to iTunes. If you're not on iTunes, um, and you may not download this on iTunes very frequently, but just jump over to iTunes, which 
which is Apple Podcasts. There, you can actually leave a rating and write um, a helpful review, if you would be willing to do that. A good review. Leave us a good <laughs> review on Apple Podcasts, um, if you're willing to do that. And what, what that actually does is that helps with um, being able for this podcast to be searched better and for people to find it. So when they're looking up something on Friendship, they would find where we land. And then the very last thing is this, that if you're not subscribed to the podcast, would you get subscribed so that you can actually download it? Uh, I just found out recently, uh, Apple does not do their ratings based off of the number of listens, uh, streamings that you have. It's based on the number, I believe, of downloads and uh, subscriptions. And so if you're not like subscribed or downloaded to the podcast, if you just simply go on our website and stream it, then it's it counts as a stream, but it doesn't really count as a download. So it's just like little stuff like that. But um, there's been a real faithful community of people that have been listening. And we're thankful that you're here with us in these conversations. Thanks, friends. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We don't say that enough, but thank you so much for listening. And because we get to see um, the views and people that listen. And so that's really kind of really encouraging to see that. But uh, if this has been a help to you today, uh, we hope you would pass it on to someone you know. We'll see you here next time on the podcast. We'll talk to you then. Mm-hmm.